Blog Talk Radio. Aloha and welcome back. Uh, my name is Geraldine St. Joseph. I'm Hawaii Psychic Geraldine St. Joseph. And I am sorry, but I am not in Hawaii at the moment. I'm very sorry that I'm not in Hawaii at the moment. I am on an extended stay in Pennsylvania. I'm in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area with my daughter. She has chosen to go to school here, so we'll be here for a while. She's in high school, so it'll be at least another three years that that we are here on the East Coast. Today, our show is about angels and demons and knowing what you're dealing with. One of the things that I find a little disconcerting and a little bit scary about my field is that so many people... Um, think that they're dabbling in it. They want to play around. They they think that um, everything's positive. The the one type of mindset that I find most disconcerting, I guess, is the type of mindset where people believe that if they don't look at it and they don't think about it, it won't happen. That's like living in California and pretending like, oh well, you know, if I don't believe in earthquakes. and really just put you in a position where you really can get hurt because you are ill-prepared when things do happen. So these are things that, that you really need to be careful of and you need to be aware of as you move forward. If you're going to do any type of meditation or you're going to talk to angels and such, you really need to get a better understanding of what you're talking to and how things work especially now as the rules are changing. Those of us who have been in it for years have noticed that there are many things that have changed recently. I'd say over the past three, four, maybe five years, things have changed, like the, the rule book is being revised, so to speak. Today we're going to talk specifically about angels and demons because I find that most people, when they get involved in this type of thing, it is with uh, angels and, and this sense that nothing can harm them and that as long as they're talking to an angel, everything's safe. The one thing they forget is, that, number one, just because you're calling for an angel doesn't necessarily mean an angel is what's showing up. And if energetically you don't know the difference between an angel, a ghost, uh, a demon, a other type of life form that's not physical, like an elemental, you don't know who you're talking to or how much they know. I used to have this pin that I loved, and it was it said, just because I'm dead doesn't mean I'm not stupid. And basically that's because so many people were like calling on their ancestors or talking to ghosts and they thought that they were all wise and they're not. They're people. Just like you're a person, they are people. And you don't know the breadth of their knowledge. You don't know whether they can see any further than you do. There are ways to test this and ways to look at things and figure out who you're speaking to. So first and foremost, before you start... Uh, meditating and really opening up to what's around you before you start trying to channel. And by channel, I mean 
someone who allows another spirit or another entity to take control of their body and speak through them, often when you channel, you do not have clear memories of what happened. Other people around you need to tell you what happened because you vacate the body while something else steps in and uses the body in order to relay a message or to do a deed. I do not believe in that at all. It has been my experience that it is very dangerous, it is unnecessary, and that people get into a lot of trouble. It's very bad for the body, for the physical body, because the physical body is attuned energetically to your spirit, your soul, your energetic being. It is not attuned to all host of things just kind of passing through, and you don't know what you're calling in. If you're calling in something that's heavy duty, that has a, a very high energetic force, a, a more intense being than you do, then your body is having to deal with that. It's like getting an electric shock or being electrocuted, and your body doesn't know what to do with it. So I would highly, highly recommend that no one do that type of reading. The other, my other thing with that, my other issue, is that I have never met an ascended master or a higher being that has ever requested to use my body. Usually if they're that high up, if they are that evolved, they've been there, done that. They really don't need to be in physical body. If they want to get their message across, they'll get it across. They really don't need a physical person to give themselves up in order for them to to be here. So anything that's asking you to step aside so that they could use your body, that to me is not not of your highest power. That is not something that is, is going to give you the best information or is with the highest interest of humanity at heart. So those are my points on that. I'm sure a lot of people don't agree with me, and I don't care whether you agree with me or not. That's what I have come up against. I've come up against people who have offered themselves up in that way to these entities, and then when the time comes and they're trying to get their body back, their body isn't in as good physical shape as it was when they lent it out, or the body is very degraded, or the entity won't leave it fully and it keeps trying to push itself back in. That's when people like me get the phone call. Can you help me? What can you do? You know, my friend was doing thus and so, and it seems like they never really came out of it. What do we do now? Just don't play that way. It's not a game. So don't do it. It's that simple. Okay. Back on task. In the past few decades, the popularity of angels has increased exponentially. People are all into angels. Let's talk to our angels, find your angel guide, who's your guardian angel, all this stuff. All well and good. Very nice, very nice. However, when you're communicating with your angels, how do you know who you're communicating with? Do you go to a psychic? How good are they at discerning what the entity is that you're communicating with, whether it be an angel or something else? Can they tell the difference? Do they have that gift of discernment? Because I'm going to tell you right now, not all of us do. The gift of discernment is very specific. It's different. It's not something that everybody has. The gift of discernment is very special. 
it is something that is unique. It is something that you can be taught, but it is a gift. It is a spiritual gift. And people who have that gift, I haven't met that many. I've met people who have learned how to discern, but actually having the gift of discernment is something that's pretty special. So not just because somebody is psychic does not mean that they have the gift of discernment. What do I mean by that? Not everybody is that hyper-tuned in to different energetics to be able to tell what that energetic is. So, for instance, angelic is very high vibration, generally is accompanied by heat, usually has a smell that goes along with it, and it gives you a certain sense of calmness in your being. Now, that's whether it's a positive angel or a negative angel. Both of them can do that. Both of them are hot. Both of them will raise the temperature in a room. So how do you know whether this is a positive or a negative? And people are like, well, angels are always positive. Demons are negative. Well, the thing is, that's not true. The thing is that if you read your Bible and you understand your Bible, there are... And this is um, splitting hairs with this a little bit. But in the Bible, there are demons and there are fallen angels. Demons and fallen angels are not necessarily the same thing. That's something we go into at a, at a later time because that's a whole other issue. But when you talk about Lucifer, uh, the angel of light is his name. How can you say that you would not be fooled into thinking that he was not Michael or one of the other archangels. He's on the same tier as them. He will have the same vibration to a certain extent. The difference is the intention and what their their intention is, what, what direction they're going in. Now, when you're calling in an angel, and you're calling an angel specifically by name, say Michael seems to be the most popular, so you're calling in Michael. Is Michael a specific entity like your cousin Michael or your uncle Michael? Think about for a second how many people on earth have the name Michael. Are they all the same? Do they all have exactly the same personality? There may be similarities, but that doesn't mean that they're all exactly the same. They don't all have the same intentions. They don't all have the same talents. So when you're calling in a Michael, you're getting a Michael. It's not necessarily the Michael who fought Lucifer and drove him out of heaven. And that's something that I think a lot of people with our egos, we want to believe that if we're calling Michael, we're getting the Michael. That is highly unlikely. Is every Michael you know honest and trustworthy and good and a fruitful person? All right. Think about that for a second. The answer is probably no. Michael is a fairly common name, as it is above, so below. And it's a variety of characters. Some of them are, are good and, and people that you admire and respect, and some of them not so much. <coughs> Excuse me. So when you're calling it an angelic entity and you're saying, okay, I want Michael, you're getting a Michael, then you need to discern what kind of Michael you're getting. And you kind of want to see, you want to make sure you get the same entity each time. Um, 
someone may be assigned to you and there may not be a Michael assigned to you. So if you're calling in somebody specific like Michael and he's not one of the ones that's assigned to you, you're going to get a random whoever's closest, whoever's nearby, whoever hears it, that's who's going to come in. Is this being helpful? Are they helpful in such a way that you that they're serving your ego? Or are they helpful in such a way that they are serving the greater good? The higher angelic realm set on earth or around earth to help humankind evolve, look at the bigger picture. They're not looking just at you as an individual. You're a part in a puzzle. You're just a piece. You're a thread. And sometimes that thread's all tangled up and, you know, it needs to be fixed. That thread's always, not always going to go where it wants to go, where it thinks it belongs. It, it may not be as important as it thinks it is. So when you're talking about the upper echelon angelic hosts, number one, you generally don't get them when you're doing these these types of prayers and whatnot. And number two, when you do get them, the way to know that you have this higher power, this upper echelon, the big guy, so to speak, is that they will do what is for the greatest good of the whole. So the concerns of the many outweigh the concerns of the few. That's one thing. So it's not ego-driven. It's not, okay, I'm going to ask for a million dollars and Michael's going to help me get a million dollars. That's not the way it works. If you're getting somebody who says that they're going to help you with that, and if you're getting somebody who is more driven in that direction, you're getting a lower echelon or and possibly a fallen angel. A fallen angel will um, play on your ego. A fallen angel, when you're in communication with them, will play, especially if you have partners who, um, who may be helping you with different things, they will play on your egos to create uh, discord. So you need to look at the bigger picture. Is this being helping with the bigger picture, or are they looking to serve your ego? If they're looking to serve your ego, they are not one of the big guys. They're not one of the top ten, so to speak. Angels as a whole will make the room warmer. They can minimize their size and just sit on your shoulder, literally, or things like that, and you'll feel intense heat in that area. Demons can do the same thing. Or fallen angels can do the same thing is what I should say. What is the difference? How do you tell? You ask them questions. Will fallen angels lie to you? Of course they will. That's their job. Their job is to mess you up. Their job is to wrap whatever they're giving you around their core lie around truth. So that then you're saying, well, this part of it's true. This can be proven, so this must be true. That's not the way it works. The proof is in the pudding always. You need to also set your ego aside and feel in your core, in your solar plexus, is this dangerous or is this pulling me, you know, do I feel my solar plexus tensing up, pulling back when this entity is around? Do I feel a little bit of fear in the back of my throat? Fear and awe are uh, part and parcel of the same thing, but they're not the same thing. 
when there is true angelic divinity in your presence, there's a sense of awe. Awe is a, a hyper... Uh, a hyper emotion of of love and admiration, humility, all that is wrapped up in awe. Now, when there's fear wrapped up in it, when you're afraid, when there's a sense of danger, that is not necessarily awe. That is you're moving into fear. You're moving into a realm of Okay, this is not really loving. A fallen angel will try to get you to do things that are very self-serving and will help you do things that are very self-serving and and sometimes counterproductive to the whole. One of the tricks that I was taught when I was young was that you ask three times, the same question. At the third, they have to tell you the truth. Not a good question would be, are you Michael? Because his name might be Michael. Just because his name's Michael does not mean that he's the big guy or that he's he's doing well for you or that he's on your side. A good question would be more, are you here for the greatest good of the human race. Are you here for the greatest good of my soul? Are you here for my greatest good and for the greatest good of all those connected to me? Now, the last of those can be very self-serving, so that's one that they could could twist against you. But the others, are you here for my greatest good and the greatest good of the world? Are you here for the greatest good of mankind? Are you here for the greatest good of this earth? Those types of questions that are more encompassing are are better suited. Are you an angel of light? Not a good answer. Who is the prince of light? Who is always the prince of darkness? Lucifer. The morning star, Lucifer. So saying that you only deal with angels of light doesn't really mean anything, and I know a lot of people are going to take exception to that, but that is the truth. So like it or not, that's the way things are. Before you get involved in any types of metaphysics, the first thing you need to do is be clear about who you are, what your purpose is, and where your ego is. We all have ego, and it gets in the way sometimes. I don't care if your mother, Teresa, there were points where she had to deal with her ego. It's there. It's a part of the human makeup. It's, it's a physical thing. Your ego is what protects you. It's, what, it's your survival instinct. It's part of that. So the thing is not to allow your ego to define who you are. So before you start doing these deep meditations and calling in things that you don't know what they are, the first thing you need to do is define yourself and know what your limits are. Know where your aura ends and strengthen that aura and strengthen who you are. Strengthen your being. Be who you be. Yes, part of that is done by meditation, but again, I'm telling you, do not start calling in stuff when you don't know what you're doing. Even calling for your guardians and guides. 
on holisticuniversity.org, spelled with a W, I have the audio of the white light meditation. The white light meditation is a good basic meditation to start with. It will help you clear out your field and clear your energy and strengthen your aura. Do that at least a week for 15 minutes every day for at least a week before you start calling in anything. And do that at the beginning of every session in order to clear out your area and the area around you. Put a white light bubble around you and allow only positive beings to enter. And I've heard the, the saying also of highest vibration. Well, fallen angels are not low vibration. They're the same vibration as any other angel. So vibration-wise, there really is is very little difference. The difference is what their intentions are. And you could ask specifically, what are your intentions? What are your intentions? What are your intentions? And if the answer is to give you what you wish for or to grant your wishes or to grant you what you want, that's not a good answer. Sounds great to the ego, But that's not a good answer because maybe what you want is not the right thing. Maybe what you want is not going to help you grow as a spirit. Maybe what you want is going to hurt other people. So you need to keep this in mind. Now, I say there's a difference between demons and fallen angels because angels thrive on love, peace, contentment, a lot of these emotions that are considered higher emotions or or upper heart emotions, compassion. A demon will also feed on these as well as pride. Pride is a biggie. And you can be proud because you deserve to be proud because you've accomplished something or you've helped someone. But when pride turns to being self-centered and being more egoic, that's when it really becomes big food. When it's spiritual pride, especially, big food, big food for fallen angels. And angels still in service with divinity, uh, who has your, your highest, uh, who has highest regard for souls and, and emotion and everything that, that makes up our beings will engender laughter and kindness and helping each other out, whereas, again, a fallen angel will engender more of um, self-serving behavior where they're feeding off that one person and that one person's sense of power and strength over others, where uh, an angel, a true angelic, I don't even want to say true angel because that's the wrong term, but uh, an angel still in service will engender cooperation. A fallen angel will engender competition. So fallen angels are the ones who are fighting for everything that brings discord. Now, that being said, that's there's two fallen angels and the angels that you want to contact generally. They're basically the same. Their intentions are different. What they feed on is similar, but not exactly the same. Now let's move on to demons. If you read your Bible, and depending on which Bible you read, because a lot of the, the diction has been changed greatly over the years, 
to homogenize it and to make it um, easier to, to consume and more palatable for the general public, if you go back and you read the actual translations, there were differentiations made between fallen angels and demons. Demonic hosts are beings who thrive off of a different type of energetic. They're not thriving off of necessarily pride, but definitely um, anger, sorrow, fear is a biggie. Fear is very, very yummy. So from what I understand, the demonic hosts, which are under the fallen angels, or, or I don't want to say they're controlled by, but they're in league with fallen angels, they thrive on the what we call the lower emotions. There is room for all emotions. The idea is when an emotion gets out of hand, when it is unnecessary or unmitigated, that then it becomes dangerous. So they feed on things like grief and despair. Does that mean if someone close to you dies, you're not supposed to grieve them? No, you are supposed to grieve them. The thing is not to allow it to continue on and on. People who suffer from clinical depression, people who have grief when there's nothing to be to grieve over, when there's really nothing going on, that's what they're feeding off of. And they're helping it to continue because then they feed their thoughts with a lot of negativity and a lot of this uh, brouhaha fear. So that's where demons come in. Demons are a different sect. They're a bit different than fallen angels. They eat something different. They feed off of different food. And a demon will feel different. Then aside from demons, you have ghosts. Ghosts are human beings who have not crossed over to join with God to go back into the one, into the spirit, into the whole, into the universe, whatever you want to call it. They are cold. Demons sometimes present as cold. Sometimes demons are just foul-smelling. Uh, I, I oftentimes get smells in relation to most of these entities. I have very highly sensitive sense of smell, and I will smell things that other people don't, which is annoying sometimes. But each of them has their own smell. Oh, and the other thing is when you are going to meditate, when you are going to call in your guide, when you're going to meet your guide, be extremely careful. Definitely build up your aura first. Know who you are. Then do the white light meditation. Clear out everything around you. And this is best done in a group often, especially just with people that you really trust. Be careful of the egos again. Um, Clear out the room, clear out your center, clear out your aura, and then you can ask for your specific guardian or guide. And then ask them the question three times, um, why are you here? Once you get the right answer, create a secret signal with them. Do not say it out loud. Ask them to do something for you that only you will know. It could be tugging your hair. It could be you know, touching your face, it could be touching your lips, it could be um, making the clock blink. It's a little bit harder, but it's usually best if it's something on your physical being. It could be pulling your big toe. Ask them to do that thing and then wait for it. Allow them to do it. Ask them to do it two or three times, J 
just so that you're solid in what it feels like and say thank you, and that will be your secret signal. That way, every time you call to them, they will have to do that thing, whatever it is, and that's how you will know who it is. Because other things that are in the area can say that they're your whoever. And if they don't do the secret signal, you know it's not them and you can tell them to go away. So those are the two things that I would I would highly recommend before you start calling in anything. It seems to me like in most books and most of these classes that are being given about getting to know your angels and finding your higher self and doing this and doing that, the thing that they forget is cleansing and protection. The thing that they forget is that there's lots of stuff out there, whether you believe it or not, whether you want to believe in it or not, just because you're not looking at the truck doesn't mean when it hits you it's not going to hurt. So we're down to our last minute. This is Hawaii Psychic, Geraldine St. Joseph. I hope I was helpful. And I want you to know that I am on Facebook. You can look me up on Facebook, Geraldine St. Joseph. Geraldine is spelled with a G. You can contact me via email, Geraldine at voiceofspirit.com. Geraldine is spelled G-E-R-A-L-Y-N, G-E-R-A-L-Y-N at voiceofspirit.com. Or you can catch me on my blog at holisticuniversity.org. Holistic is spelled with a W because I would like you to help I would like to help you find your wholeness instead of creating a bigger hole. So if you have any questions or comments or show ideas, please let me know. Mahalo for listening in. Aloha and blessings. Have a great day. <laughs>